You're back with the country. Time for our youthful farmer panel. We've got the oldies coming up next. Uh, but joining me now is Nigel Woodhead, Lovell's Flat uh, Farmer and 2017 FMG Young Farmer of the Year. Jenna Smith, CEO of Poerua Farms in the Hodaki Plains. And Jenna, we're going to start with you. You've just been announced as a Nuffield Scholar. Congratulations. Get a row. Thank you. Very exciting. Yeah, really looking forward to being part of uh, the Nuffield crew. I've got a fantastic cohort this year with me, with Carlos, Peter and Rachel. So, yeah, really looking forward to sinking my teeth into it. And uh, what have Poerua Farms said about losing their CEO for chunks of the year? <laughs> no, they recognise that it is a good thing for them, just as much as it's a good thing for me. Uh, and my research is going to be pretty focused around some stuff that's really tangible and helpful to us out on the Hodeki. Brilliant. Now you're part of the innovation tour at the moment. I bumped into these guys at the airport in Auckland on Sunday. It looks as though you guys were in for an amazing week. How's it been? Oh, it's just been a whirlwind of information, <laughs> almost like a fire hose of information coming at you every day because we've got uh, Hamish Gow leading us. So uh, if anyone's spent time with him, you know that it's just consistent information coming at you and really digging into your brain and making you question uh, your existence, really. But it's um, yeah, it's been fantastic. We've explored the dairy uh, value chain first off. Then we were into kiwi fruit. Uh, yesterday we were in the red meat, and today we're uh, we're at apples. And yeah, it's just been an absolute fantastic trip around the North Island, and with a really good inquiring group of people. So yeah, feeling pretty fortunate to. Oh. To have experienced it. Fantastic. Nigel, down there in South Otago, uh, you sent me a text during the show yesterday. Uh, you were doing ewes and lambs all counted. Uh, explain to me as a dairy farmer what this is all about. Oh, I was just in a reply to Jamie and Chris Russell talking about lamb and mutton prices in Australia and I rang my stock agent a few days ago and sort of inquired about what uh, mobs, ewes and lambs all counted were selling for. So what that means is you, know, you have a mob of ewes and lambs and you sell them and you get the same price for a ewe as you do for a lamb. So every animal that walks onto that truck gets counted, hence the all-counted phrase, and then you get paid for them that way. And it's a good way for people like us of you know, sheep and beef breeding properties can sell some sell some stock early and you know, might be finishers around the place wanting to purchase some mouths and it's a good way of um, getting the transaction. So like in the last couple of years, prices have been very, very good. It's probably a case of most of the profit margin in buying ewes and lambs or cannibals actually in the ewes. Um, this year, it's, yeah, she's, she's changed a bit and what profit there might be in it will probably be in the lambs. So I think last year it was probably well up over 100 to $120 for, for good ewes and lambs or counted. This year, I was quoted somewhere between 50 and $60 oh. if I was to sell some this year. So, yeah, she's <laughs> things have taken a fair old hammering, but... Um, that's just reflective of the um, of the schedule. You know, the schedule this time last year was somewhere in the nine dollars for lamb at six dollars twenty five. I think yes, that was for Silverburn Farms. So that's just reflective of the confidence in the industry and the schedule. Are you worried about the future for the industry, or is this just a blip? Uh, I think it's a blip. It was two thousand and twelve, two thousand thirteen. There'll be people out there smarter than me who'll be able to remember it when lamb went to nine dollars something. And all the pundits, all the commentators said, oh, the fundamentals of this and that, demand's good and it'll stay, it'll stay. And then <laughs> next year it absolutely plummeted. 
and we've spent the past decade or so there or thereabouts working our way back up to last year's prices and then look what's happened this year, it's plummeted. It's just it's cyclical, um, so I'm, I'm still as positive about the long-term future as I always have been. Um, that's just going to, we're just going to have to knuckle down and get through the next couple of years. Jenna Smith as CEO of Poetoa Farms. I know you guys have, I think it's eight dairy farms and a blueberry orchard, is that right? Yeah, yep, yeah, and a um, beef block and an arable block as well. So we're trying to spread ourselves to uh, diversify, I guess, both our interests, but um, add a little bit of income resilience so that we can weather some of these downturns. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know all about uh, the feast, then famine, having gone through that in the dairy industry. And what was it, 2014 uh, 15? Yep, it is, um, yeah, like Nigel's saying, it's pretty cyclical and I guess it's what you're signing yourself up for uh, if you're playing playing in these sort of large commodity markets. You've got to take the good with the bad and, and really set your balance sheet up to, to weather these storms. I, I feel for the guys in the uh, red meat sector at the moment, it's getting pretty tough out there and, yeah, they've got the same pressures that uh, everybody does with inflation and, and the farm working costs going up and up, so having this downturn couldn't really come at a, at a worse time. And speaking of costs going up, interest rates are showing no sign of coming down. News out this week, Westpac planning on linking climate targets with their interest rates, uh, wanting to see farmers reducing uh, 9% of emissions across sheep and beef, 10% for dairy, in order to get lower interest rates. Should this be set at a bank level? Should it be set at a processor level? Should it be set at a government level? Love to know your thoughts. Uh, Nigel, Start with you. Uh, I think it's just um, the sign of the times, right? It's all, I mean, banks playing a risk business and they, you know, their, their interest rates and their margins are set relative to a business's risk. And we, we live in times now where a big part of your perceived financial risk is based on environmental performance. So um, I don't want to pay any more interest than anyone else. <laughs> but I can understand it from a bank's point of view where good environmental credentials indicate uh, a lower risk profile on any given business than than a business that was struggling with its environmental performance. So, yeah, the the banks are getting it in the year from their refunders, international funders and things as well. So it's just part of the market. I think it's the times we live in and I like it about as much as everyone else does, but I think it's just the fact of life. Everyone's talking about it now, so... Um, if we bury our head in the sands, then, sand, then yeah, we've only got ourselves to blame. Gina, your thoughts on this? I typically agree with that. It's yeah, you know, it's a sign of the times, and I understand the banks have to you know look at their scope three profile as well. And yeah, it's coming down the line from their ability to get you know cheaper access to to funds. So yeah, I guess it's just important that we make sure that at the end or the producer end of side of things that we're not getting hit over and over again with, with the same rates coming at us. Yeah, that's my concern as well, that kind of double dipping and the potential for different goalposts being thrown at farmers, which is, uh, you know, not going to be fun to try and deal with. Nigel Woodhead, South Otago farmer, Jenna Smith, Hodaki Plains farmer, really appreciate your time. Jenna, enjoy that innovation tour. I will, thank you. Cheers, right.